0: you want to do it?
1: Um, no, you can do it. You you know everything. I'm totally in the dark on this one.
0: Well, can you can you do the hi, this is And Introducing. Can you do that? And yeah, because then, then I'll have at least something
1: to do. I yeah, well, I
0: want you to have something to do.
1: Yeah. Hi, and welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words. About music. <laughs> I'm Chris Wynn. And I'm Molly O'Brien.
0: <laughs> oh, you said you wanted to do it. I did. I forgot what part the cube was supposed to be.
1: <laughs> you said you want. I, thought, I didn't See, this is why wait, to, wait, wait, this is why I have to copy and paste my, the intro, that part that of the part, intro every single time or else i can't. I just I, I didn't
0: realize where where you, Do you want me to start again? I di- yeah, um
1: Welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade.
0: And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing... There you go. Uh, on, I guess, the de- the decks, the uh, the programming nobbies. Uh, it's the KLF, the Time Lords, the Justified Ancients of Moo Moo, the Jams. All of these are aliases of Bill Drummond, a.k.a. King Boy D., <laughs> And Jimmy Cauty, aka Rockman Rock, two British musicians and provocateurs who, in the late 1980s and early 1990s, made the British pop charts go what? <laughs> I guess it's more like what?
1: <laughs> What's all this then? <laughs>
0: um, after the KLF achieved uh, a, a number one song on the British charts with their 1988 song "Doctor in the Tardis," uh, they had it in their hearts to write a guidebook. For writing, recording, and marketing your own number one song, which is called The Manual, How to Have a Number One The Easy Way, and that's what we're talking about today. And I I'm leaving the intros to you from now on because okay. there's a lot. I
1: make it look easy, don't I? Exhausting. Uh those are some great names.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Terrible for Rockman Rock, SEO. Rock is, is pretty great. Yeah. Um they those aren't even actually the only ones at a certain point, they become they they change it again. Kate the K Foundation, two <laughs> K. They're really into the millennium uh, and millennial stuff. Yeah, the it's a hor- horrible web strategy, but that's not really the what it's Justified they were Ancients of Mumu.
1: All right, so Moomoo. we're talking about the KLF today. Yes. Through their uh uh seminal work of uh culture jamming slash agit propping slash just musician kind of craftsmanship. It's just helpful. It's just a helpful manual. <laughs> it's a good book for good people. Yeah. Uh they I really know nothing about the these guys other than they are a thing. You read the manual. I listened to the few, very few songs of theirs that are available on Spotify today and as best and I'm excited to get into this because I, I, I want to learn all about what what this thing is. As far as I can tell, this is like some kind of Manchester house band that released three singles and nothing else, but is also somehow a phenomenon and maybe also a big trick.
0: Um, That's not completely out uh, out there the reason that they're—I'm pretty sure—the reason that there, you cannot just listen to their entire catalog on Spotify is that they've made an art of sampling and outright stealing other people's music. So they're kind of original, like remix, choppy, remix, like yeah, like even, avalanches,
1: turntablism, sure, type stuff. Before even that, more, that was even a thing.
0: Even more like uh, brazen and uh, meta. They're they're very like arty and kind of like proto. Electro clash in a way, like very like self conscious about what they're doing, but also just very like so. Rash.
1: So while something like I don't know Ball, Paul's boutique uh, or something might have, be very sampled bake uh, based as a nature of its production. They were uh, more sample based, but in the, in the war, in a more overtly we are stealing this way. Yes, it is that they were like more contra- confrontational samples. They're sort of
0: like Banksy esque in a way, but I feel like that's maybe discrediting them.
1: Mm-hmm. This is Eggman off Paul's boutique. Thank you. Just wanted to play a little like early like sample core stuff.
0: Yeah, this this is lovely. No, they they are much more um, kind of overt in their yeah. their, their theftery. Uh, but this was so. This book was a listener suggestion. Oh yes, this, this was, was a listener and from suggestion. a while ago. This was like a few months ago from at lunch fan, um, who asked us, "Are you Most guys
1: among us? Amongst us?" is not a, a lunch fan. I'm
0: a fan of lunch.
1: It's uh the I am Spartacus scene but uh, everybody's uh in like a big office is standing up saying, "I am lunch fan.
0: I love lunch. I love lunch. I love lunch." Um I do love lunch. I would say I'm breakfast top, lunch middle, dinner, dinner last. Bottom. Dinner's full of time constraints, disappointments and Just stress. Millennial burnout. It is
1: a millennial burnout. Dinner is the
0: millennial burnout meal.
1: It's definitely the least satisfying of the meals and and often the least fun just because it's the most, often the most necessary. Yes. Like it's the end of the day and you're like, well, shit, I got to fucking shovel some nutrients into this garbage organic machine that I inhabit. Just got to keep eating. God, it sucks. Every time you're done eating, you're like, God damn it. I've got to eat again at some point. The eating.
0: The eating. Um. Yeah. No. Di- dinners is by nature disappointing, and I prefer chaos meal. Yeah. Chaos meal. Uh, chaos meal always. Uh,
1: ten to fifteen small meals scattered evenly throughout the day.
0: Are you talking about tapas? <laughs> are you talking yeah. about self tapas? Yeah.
1: D- day tapas.
0: Solo tapas. I don't know if I can get behind that. Anyway, so this is this was a excellent uh reader, sig- er, uh, viewer, listener. Well, who, what are what are the senses anyway? A fan. Perhaps fan? a fan. A alo- Stan. Oh, Stan. I don't think we have Stan. But um, the great great suggestion. Really enjoyed this book. Very cheeky, very tongue and cheeky, very uh, very meta, very postmodern. Are, are they
1: taking the piss out of it, mate?
0: Like kind of, but also there's there's just enough like earnestness, and they they actually have this great passage on like cynicism versus uh. Uh, genuineness and earnestness that we'll get into later that kind of melted my
1: heart. I love I love uh, parsing cynicism versus earnestness. This
0: this is like a manual of like how to be an artist, how to like scam capitalism to make (laughs) money off of your art. So I'm just like 100 percent. Well, as
1: as that, I'm sure it's also very rooted in like 1992 English music scene, uh, because now there's a whole well 1988,
0: which was the summer of love.
1: Uh, summer of love part two the ecstasy heard oh, of it Yes. <laughs> that that kind of love
0: yes no the the kind of love that comes in a, a pill with a smiley face stamped yes. on well, it well
1: now that i have fully embraced marianne mindset uh i am deep <laughs> deep i am ready to accept that kind of happiness into my life
0: you uh are you your soul. so what, what was the thing that she just like soul soul War, yeah. I'm ready to, I'm ready
1: to, I'm ready to, uh, soul power in soul instead of, <laughs> yeah. of uh, a man political power. power. Yes. Yeah,
0: no, I think we could all use a little soul power, yes. Um,
1: so the soul wars have,
0: so just a little more KLF explainer. I think you'll learn some things about them as we go through this, but so yeah, Bill, Bill Drummond, which is just a British ass name, just a um, real
1: British ass man,
0: uh, Jimmy Cotty, they, uh, kind of joined forces in 1980, either seven or eight. Uh, they had both worked in the music industry. They were like kind of producers-y, musicians-y, like, yeah. I don't know, just kind of dicking around in their early 30s, white guys. Um, I feel like that's kind of important because <laughs> they are like doing hip hop and like uh, dance stuff that they're in some cases just overtly stealing from sure. black folks. But they're also uh, being like kind of obvious about that. Anyway, um, they uh, they get together and they just start doing this like kind of remixy weird shit. Um,
1: they, are are they in Manchester? No, no, Uh, I think they're in London sound to them. Yeah.
0: I think they're London. They're both from other places, but they're London folks. Okay, great. Um, so they're not in the, the white hot epicenter of, uh, Uh, the summer of of acid house, unfortunately, but they do, they make some acid house music actually. Um, they, they've pulled off so many stunts. Like they once burned a million pounds, which was like the the leftovers from their career this is in like 1992 wait,
1: they, wait, they like literally set fire to the they money they set
0: fire to a million pounds
1: of are are okay. they the dang joker <laughs> did he do that yes he sets a giant pile of money on fire in that movie in the main, in the main movie yeah the the dark knight the dark the dark knight the dark knight yeah yeah that's a big scene in that movie that is that is, is a cause joker he's just ass so... movie
0: just so crazy. They're just so crazy. He and just society. wants to see the world burn. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah.
1: So what if there was a band but they were a, the Joker?
0: They're, this is kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is this this is kind of like the Joker but music. Um the Joker but make it music. At the, 1990- the Joker but
1: make it make it aesthetic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At the 1992 Brit Awards, um, they fired like machine gun blanks over the audience's heads. (laughs)
1: These guys are the dang joker.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. This is actually true. Um, At the after show party, they dumped a dead sheep corpse outside of uh, one of the after shows with a note that was like, this is like for you, for you. (laughs)
1: Love the KLF. Yeah.
0: Um, they, they deleted, they, they pulled a MySpace and deleted their entire back catalog in 1992 as well. Um,
1: like the, the solid records or are...
0: yeah, they just like got rid of all of their music. So like, is, you could not buy it anywhere. So
1: is that why I can't find anything out of it on Spotify? But I
0: think, I think it's not on Spotify cause I think Spotify has harsh laws for like copyright and stuff. And I think that maybe they couldn't actually prove that they like had the copyright on their own songs because their songs are just path pastiche no pastiche is not the wrong word it's a coll- collages okay
1: so, so but these songs might exist in some other YouTube formats. I
0: think I think the p- platform you're looking for is YouTube, YouTube. so yeah they're, they're definitely like weirdos it's art as much as it is music but yet they still care about music mm-hmm. um, but they're they're kind of like skit the, the vibe is like a scammer joker vibe okay Um. Did, what did you think of the songs that you did listen to
1: they were catchy. Uh, I listened to "Justified and Ancient." Okay. Uh, Stand by the Jams. Yeah. Uh, and I listened to uh, a version I could find of "Doctoring the Tardis," but who knows if that's theirs or if it's a cover or something. It's listed by another band name. Did it
0: sound like Gary Glitter? It did sound like that's Gary the Glitter. Song.
1: <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, they sounded like uh, they sounded like Manchester early '90s house music, but yeah. also like verging towards a novelty band, basically. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, I I like that early '90s Manchester House sound, so I liked
0: it's it. It's hard and and hypnotic.
1: Yeah, it is hard of, and hypnotic. Both things that you enjoy. Should we listen to a little Justified and Ancient?
0: Yes. So Justified and Ancient.
1: <laughs> Molly is cracking up <laughs> just so hearing good. the first strands of this. I mean, this song is great. Molly, are you justified an agent? Y- yes. Yes,
0: I'm definitely justified. So yeah, this is Tammy Wynette singing. So this is a this is the most ambitious crossover uh, event.
1: Is this is this new time. from Tam- Tammy Wynette, or is it just like previous she things she
0: She sang this. It was a riff on an earlier song that she did. I think she did Stand By Your Man, and this is Stand By The Jam. Yeah, yeah. Which the KLF
1: exhorts you to do. I, uh, look, I will stand by a good jam. Um, so they got her into to actually yeah. record new music on yes. this.
0: I had found out about this song from our karaoke buddy, uh, Rob Sheffield, who's in his first uh, memoir. He talked about listening to, like, strange regional pop radio in the South and was like, shit like this was apparently on. <laughs> because this was actually a Billboard Top 10 hit in America. In, in America? Yeah. But, like, not... I don't think it obviously did not penetrate.
1: Yeah, it, it, this has not left a tremendous uh, cultural artifact. Although the phrase... just should. <laughs> the phrase justified and ancient is something that I... Had rattling around my head. Like when I heard that, I at first I thought it was like maybe a pulp song or something. You know?
0: Yeah, it's a powerful song, and the video. I would also recommend people watch watch the video, the video
1: for Justified and Ancient. Yeah, but yeah, it's like uh, it's got that kind of cavernous uh feel and that like tambourine, like in the wah guitar. Yeah, all that stuff I like from like that uh that lush early '90s house music. So they charted with the with these songs. Yes. They, they were these are big hits.
0: So that's the thing, is like they they do have this sort of underground uh aesthetic, but they had genuine hits. And the hit that they had that inspired them to write the book, the manual, was Doctor and the TARDIS, which should we open with this? Because I think yeah. it's it's actually really necessary to, to hear listen, Doctor what, the what Tardis. their instructive uh content was in creating this
1: All book. All right, so I've, I've pulled a version of Doctor and the T- TARDIS. They released this under the name The Time Lords? The Time Lords. Correct. Which we'll explain a little bit more about that later on. All right, so don't, listen to don't a little... Don't,
0: don't think too hard about Time Lords yet.
1: Oh. Well, Doctor Who is a Time, is a time Lord. Lord. The sound quality might be a little bad on this Because this comes from like a clearly third generation ripped uh, music video that has like cop cars chasing Daleks around the English countryside. Yeah. So, again, this is a novelty song. This starts off a rip of Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2, but it's about Doctor Who. Yeah, it's got Doctor Who theme. The seminal. British sci-fi soap opera TV series.
0: Yes. There's also some elements of uh, the Sweets
1: blockbuster. That's another song okay, that's yeah. chopped in a little bit. The cop car is now doing donuts in an empty. Uh...
0: Yeah. So right. I mean, just if you can, if you can try to put yourself back in the shoes of someone. Listening to British radio in 1988
1: being like, this slaps? This owns? This is good. The fucking British radio is so crazy. I mean, I would put this in the exact same category as that Vindaloo song. It is.
0: It's it's a precursor to Vindaloo. Yeah, yeah. Because it is, not only is it just a, a collage of uh, mm. pre-ordained beats and yelling, yeah. it uh, was like made as a joke. Yes. Uh, I, like It's not made as a joke. It's just made as an active attempt to con people into giving
1: them a hit. Look, hint. I would say roughly ten percent of all British homeland singles are basically joke songs written by uh, you know, a bassist and a turntablist that's like, Oh, me mate's gone cheeky for Arsenal. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's from doing but this the, podcast. Okay. This is like what yeah, I understand. Of it. Sure. But
0: also you have to think about American novelty hits, which
1: probably sound equally fucking insane. Oh yeah. Well, all our so- Mambo all- number five. Well, yeah. All our novelty hits are about, uh, farts, food and women and dance crazes. Yeah. Um, the Macarena. Yeah. L- literally telling our brain dead population how to move their body. Yeah. Uh, the cha-cha slide. Yeah. Like we put one foot in front of the other, put the next foot, Next to the other, <laughs> put the first foot back now. We we, we, we love to do it. We love to do it. We love to just have a song scream at us to uh, mm. to to how to position our limbs in that given moment to have fun. Yeah, I like to. I like to be
0: told. I like to have fun within boundaries. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what uh, you know. Those those uh, uh, call call outline dance songs are is that they're you know um, uh, specific consent.
0: I lo- well, I love I love to to contra dance, and that really is. Yeah. There's no if you just follow the instructions, there there's going to be a payoff at the end. Yes, which is uh, I don't know the dip nir- Nirvana. <laughs> Your soul ascends to the next plane. I think. Um, anyway, so this this book. Uh, the is written in the in the Wii. I don't know if it's the Royal or just the Wii. Okay. Um, but I guess when any British group of people writes a book in the Wii, it's Royal. <laughs> it is a Royal, um, movie, yes. So they basically, so they're promising the reader that they are providing instructions to h- write your own number one hit guaranteed. And they actually say at the beginning of the book, if you follow it to the letter and in three weeks you haven't achieved it, like you're, mu- you'll get your money back. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, and they say other than achieving a number 1 hit single we offer you nothing else there will be no endless wealth fame will flicker and fade and sex will still be a problem what was <laughs> once yours for a few days will now enter the public domain so they're just it's just the number 1 song because that's really yes. all they Ad. I think this they, was maybe their only number one. Is the K L? They ad. like hit,
1: well as the Time Lords. They hit the they hit the the charts. Had one number one hit and then disappeared and destroyed all their money afterwards.
0: Yeah, I mean they were around, they in 1991. <laughs> they had a really big year where they were like doing a lot of remixes and stuff. I think they um, did something for Echo and the Bunnymen,
1: Actually, uh, did excuse me. That.
0: Yeah, um, 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 um. actually, one of them was a manager for Echo and the Bunnyman. Uh, Bill Drummond was. It
1: appears that the KLF did a. Uh, a mix of what time is love by echo and the Bunnymen. do you know and like that song uh this is not one of the ones i know off the top of my head but i am a big echo and the bm's fan yes
0: they, they go hard
1: skipping in a little bit
0: yeah get to the drop jesus
1: this is uh this is like 1990 they might not have a drop it might just do this slowly build the entire yeah
0: they time. didn't who who invented drops? The Venga Boys, go. go. yeah, the Venga Boys <laughs> invented drops. That's fact. It's canon.
1: It just goes on like this.
0: Cool, it's heady, man.
1: It's, yeah, Th-
0: those, those are those groovy. are vibes. Those are vibes, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd study your real to that.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Okay, let's, Chris, you want to know how to make your own number yes. one single?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. We've done enough dancing around what is the KLF. Uh, tell me how to make a number one hit single. So
0: this, this is, a, you get about a month timeline. You start on a Sunday night. You need to pick the name of your record company because you're doing this all indie, by the way. Oh, okay.
1: You, Do they you, specify start on a Sunday night? Yes. Okay, great.
0: Start a Sunday night. Pick the name of your record company. That's it. Monday morning, you have to make sure you still like the name of your record company. Okay, great. Um, And then you have to gather or purchase a bunch of items. Like, you have to get all the Now compilations. British people had Now. That's what I call music before before we did. did, So they've probably
1: long since blown past Now 69.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. They've got to be at, like, Now 130 by now. Okay,
1: great. Because then we just hit Now Now 69. We did? Yeah, it happened, I think, last year. (gasps) buy it do you want to hear what not that
0: we have a way of playing a a cd
1: here but no yeah do you want to hear what's on the now 69 uh compilation
0: yes i do nice i do nice yes nice nice nice
1: nice let's see if i can get this this track listing pulled up (laughs) all right ready yes opens with breathing by ariana grande fucking love that song yeah yeah just just saw that song yeah uh goes to happier by marshmallow um featuring brazil Bastille.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Bastille is one of those people who I'm like, are they British or are they just think it's going to sound better to sound British? <laughs>
1: are they British or are they just an American band aiming to be sold are at they, Starbucks? Are
0: they British or are they sad? <laughs> uh, I think I think Are he's they
1: British or are we sad? <laughs> <laughs> Um, great let's see let's go th- down through this uh, we got some talkie talkie by DJ Snake so, that song's fire uh, Selena Gomez Cardi B on that track yep this feeling with the Chainsmokers. yeah eh. electricity by Silk City featuring listen to the featurings on this I don't know what Silk City Silk is, but, City is
0: Mark Ronson and Diplo's oh, project
1: well the he, Diplo gets a featuring on this featuring Diplo Dua Lipa and Mark Ronson. Okay. That's v- so okay. So city is Diplo and Mark Ronson. They but had then- to
0: explain that that was them. Cause no one, everyone's going to be like <laughs> Silk City. What the fuck, what the fuck is that? that? <laughs> featuring
1: Diplo, Dua and Mark Ronson, who are two of those three are, are Silk, Silk city. city. Okay, cool. Silk City
0: featuring Silk City. and Duolippo. <laughs> great, 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 great. Yeah, uh, that's, that's
1: a, that's promises uh, by Calvin Harris. Sure. Whatever more I know. Uh, festival. I do EDM. not. I
0: do not like Calvin
1: Harris body by loud luxury. Don't know what that featuring is. Featuring Brando, that's the first one that I have that I is a swing and a miss good, on me. Good band name. Uh, close to me, Ellie Goulding. Diplo again. Diplo. Uh, he's he's on that uh, close to me song. Okay. Thunderclouds by oh my god damn it fucking Diplo. Thunderclouds <laughs> by LSD featuring Sia, Diplo, and Labyrinth. Diplo is the biggest name in music right now.
0: He like low low key yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Lost in Japan. Was by Sean, that's Sean Mendez. Shawn Mendes. Yeah, who cares? He's uh, fine. Better by Khaled and eh, whatever. Um, he's, he's hot. Uh, consequences by Camilo Cabrillo. Camila Camilo. Cabello,
0: yeah. Cabello. Yeah. She's the, she's the first harmony to leave fifth
1: harmony. Oh, she is. Yeah. She's the breakout harmony. Mm-hmm. She is. She's a melody. She now. Has <laughs> a, <laughs> she's
0: <laughs> no longer the fifth. She's an unchained melody. She's an
1: unchained melody. She's no longer fifth harmony. She's a uh, first melody. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's
0: that you know that's just touch your nose who who's who's gonna leave Fifth Harmony <laughs> first, first yes
1: oh here you go Molly and this signals how how recent it is a little song <laughs> by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper called Shallow it's called Shallow
0: wow they put that in the middle of the track list uh, number thirteen kind of insulting uh,
1: Tequila by Dan and Shay I assume that's more festival EDM sure uh, or just a cover of Tequila. Uh, I've I'm just imagined like good. festival EDM. Tequila. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I would love to see um, that. Um There's No Way by Lauv featuring Julia Michaels, L A U V. Have ever heard of that? L A U V Lauv? No. Lauv. I, if you don't know you assume Julia uh, Michaels is one of those like
0: workhorse songwriters that has yeah. like low key written like 25, 25 number, number ones. One hits. Yeah. Uh, I but they s- always try to have solo careers and it,
1: just write the songs. <laughs> yeah. I assume that's more festival. Look, basically if I'm looking at a compilation of music from the last year or two and I don't uh know the name of the band, I assume it's festival EDM. Sure. Uh, bro- broken by all one or World.
0: or like a YouTube like a Viner turned YouTuber sure, turned turn musician, musician who's yeah, yeah. like 15 years old mm-hmm. and his name is like Josh,
1: Josh Stanley uh, or just from Pasadena or just Josh all capitals with an exclamation point. <laughs> yes. Josh. Uh, then the song broken by all one word. Lovely. The band. Great. Do you Th- know them? They
0: sound like YouTubers.
1: Yeah, maybe they're like the one throw in like trying to make emo still work. You know? <laughs> yeah. Shotgun by George Ezra. Don't know that. Maybe a new up and coming singer songwriter. Mm. Slow three by Jack Samson. I assume that's the same. Yeah, we're getting into the yeah, the f- indie pop. Yeah. What the fuck are they like? No, no bangers. No hits at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, heavy Flag by The Accidentals and Older by Sasha Sloan. Yeah, that really peters out at the end. Uh, not enough Diplo. Throw more Diplo on those end tracks. Yeah, This uh, should really just be a y- yeah, Diplo yeah.
0: and Friends album because <laughs> yes. he would be stoked to have Now 69 as his own personal uh, as, curated compilation.
1: Now, now 69, the Diplo collection. The Diplo collection. <laughs> this came out February 1st, 2019. Wow. Congratulations which is all, to us. All to say that apparently Britain's been doing ne- uh, Now since the 80s. At least. Maybe earlier. <sighs> we just can't exca- escape our colonial rewards.
0: They are now. And we're just. We're just later. Yeah, we're it just, should be called later. We're two
1: thousand and late. Later sixty nine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, what? Where are we at? Oh, you gotta get some nows. You have to get a bunch of dance music compilations. Any single in your house that has hit the top five of the charts, you have to listen to all of them. Sure. Absorb. Right. Et cetera. Meditate. Um. And they say the uh, unwrap pop's layers and what we are left with is the same old plate of meat and two veg that have kept generations <laughs> of pop pickers well satisfied. The emotional appetite that chart pop satisfies is constant. The hunger is forever. What does change is
1: the technology that is always on the march. Sure. So it's the same structures. You just got to update the the tech. Yes. Okay.
0: And so their their thing is basically like, don't be in a band bands have too many squabbles they said if you if you're in if you have more than two people in your band you might as well be in politics <laughs> because it's just gonna factionalize and you might as well just make that official this and is become sec- an mp
1: this is the second uh second in a row where we've heard people from very different walks of life say ba- bands fucking suck because you got to work with people wait who else said that Fri- frip robert Fripp.
0: oh yeah f- yeah frip fripronix is honestly probably a precursor to the, a KLF. the klf they are probably for fans
1: maybe for pets,
0: Um, yeah. So the KLF's like hack is don't be in a band. You don't even need to sing. Don't really play your own instruments. You're going to book a recording studio. You're going to book an engineer and you're going to book a programmer, which is what they refer to as like a keyboard slash just yeah, bleep, yeah. bloop guy. Yeah. And they're going to do the work for you. You're supervising the creative director, kind of sure. an early creative directorship before, you know, the likes of Virgil Abloh have been <laughs> teaching <laughs> festivals. Um, so that like, that's the hack is the tech, that's the technology hack, which means minimal work for you in the sense that.
1: And maximal work for some, uh, for some idiot, uh, workhorse synthesizer programmer and, uh, MPC worker.
0: Yes. As, as they say as much. Um, so they say, you know, book the studio and they, they go in on that. Like they're talking about the studio personnel, what kind of like multi-track recording technology you should be interested in.
1: I mean, how many tracks are we talking about? 16, 24, They 32? suggest 24. Okay. Twenty four. track. In nineteen eighty <laughs> European home.
0: Different, you know, rental periods and ways to to rent at different rates. Yada yada. Yeah. Um But he does say, like, obviously you're going to be bossing these people around who are going to be making your record for you. But he says, they say, uh, with all these people you meet, you must make them feel involved and that you respect their opinion and help. Everyone likes to feel part of the success and you must let them feel that. The enthusiasm and goodwill of all these people is vital to the success of your project. They deserve your respect.
1: Ah. They're pro-worker. So they are Mm pro-worker. Even though they are basically like, look, the thing that you're going to be doing is harnessing is becoming a manager and harnessing your workers' labor for your success. But, but be nice to them. Be nice. Compensate them well. Or
0: leave. As for money, in terms of like how you fund this, they say... Um, it's better to start out being broke. Like if you have money, then you've got
1: something to lose. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is if you're broke, people can expect money from you or can't expect money from you.
0: Yes, exactly. They say you must be willing to risk everything. And that's everything you haven't got as well as everything you have got or nothing will happen. Having no money sharpens the wits and forces you to never make the wrong decision. Yes. I like that.
1: Yeah. You know what context I've heard that in most recently? Yes. Is, um, this is just like lifting the whole cloth from Blank Check Podcast, but um, Good. M Night Shyamalan, yes, uh, his he got fat and bloated, uh, doing studio films, doing his like last three things leading up to that horrible After Earth and Avatar: The Last Airbender, like total flops, mm-hmm. uh, and he basically uh the, his last three films, um, whatever the the family visit or the visit, uh, uh split and glass yes he completely financed himself he mortgaged even this far into his big career like Mm -hmm. 12 movies in he mortgaged his house to finance himself um because he was like i had to be afraid again to make good music or to create good art I, i couldn't be comfortable in doing what i was doing it had to really be a risk or else i didn't know what i was doing with it and those Three movies that he just made are are some people consider he's a re- good. He's good again. He's good again. people consider them a renaissance? I've not seen Glass or Split yet.
0: Um. Yeah. No. I think I think he's on the same page as the KLF dudes. Yeah. You got to be hungry. Gotta Stay be hungry. hungry. Well, it's also you know jo- John Wick first movie he was made was twenty million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And all the things that people <laughs> like about it, like long takes and like you know, intense yeah. stunts. It's like, well, they, ha- they had one camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why the takes yeah. had to be long. It
1: made, made with 20, uh, $20 million dollars in the collected like tw- two decade goodwill of a hardworking stuntman. Yes.
0: the I read a, an interview with, uh, well, it was a Keanu Reeves profile, but they quoted the director and um, he was saying like, the guy who got thrown out of frame, like in the first part of the battle, had to be ready to like come back and get <laughs> wrecked again. In like one of the there long was, takes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Need to like go go
1: off frame, like dust himself off, yeah. pat himself down, change the part in his hair, and then yeah. run back on and get punched. Get in the face a little again. S- one
0: more one smudge of, of blood on his cheekbone, and then and back out. Yeah, yeah. No, no money. Get rid of all everyone. Get rid of all your money. Nothing. That, not that anyone has any money. Yes. <laughs> ha ha ha. Um, okay. Golden rules. We've got the golden rules of uh, writing a pop
1: hit. Yes, hit lay them on me.
0: One, don't write the entire song out part by part before you go to the studio. Okay. Uh, They basically are like, only real geniuses can do that. And you are probably not, not a real a genius. genius. You're a scammer.
1: What are you, some kind of Mozart? Get <laughs> out of here. What
0: are you, some kind of Mozart?
1: <laughs> Mozart? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. You're an idiot. You just want to make some money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> batch? What are you, some kind of batch? Yeah, batch. Ba- batch chord it? <laughs> um, you're, you're, you're trying to write some kind of batch chord it? Um, it needs a groove. It needs a dance groove. needs a dance groove. You need groove.
1: Four on the floor.
0: Yeah. Or, I mean, but the thing is, the Garrett Glitter Beat is not for on the floor. But it kind of, I mean, it's basically. The
1: has got swing to it. This is the long way around.
0: Um, no longer than three minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, well, no, ideally, no people say that. ideally, no longer than three twenty. They say <sighs> if you can swing it,
1: if you can swing it, if you can really, if you really can cut that last ten seconds off the ex- yeah. outro.
0: But then you get a tw- uh, tw- 12 twelve-inch
1: mix. Yeah, you do the extended, and like game. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. you get like six or seven. Yeah, you just cut out the first minute. Everybody's and Cut out the last minute and then loop the second minute. Uh, you know, nine times in between.
0: Sound like you wrote this book. <laughs> Honestly, um, you're going to like this one the song must consist of an intro a verse a, a chorus, chorus a, a verse. second verse a, a second, second chorus, chorus a breakdown section back into a double length chorus and then an outro
1: so when <laughs> we saw uh, LCD sound system who I've already spent too much of this year uh, grousing about but yeah. um, uh, when they did uh, losing my edge at their big ass comeback show at Coachella uh in the middle when he talks about uh the Captain Beefheart uh I was there when Captain Beefheart was recording his first album he he does something along the lines of I told him no 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 if you really want to make so if you really want to make some money it's got to be verse chorus verse chorus maybe Maybe a a solo outro that's verse chorus verse chorus gotta have a solo and then it's chorus 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 And maybe an outro Yeah I was there I was there when Captain B For his first band I was like Oh Jesus dude, Seriously Don Don't do it that way You're never gonna make a job If you wanna make some money Shit has to be Verse Chorus Verse Chorus Maybe solo Chorus 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 And then that could be maybe an outro Verse Chorus Verse Chorus If you have to have a solo Chorus Chorus uh, and that that little monologue about how to write a song uh, from in the middle of losing my edge has always stuck with me. And uh, eventually, I'm gonna get get a shirt made out of it. Maybe maybe that should be our official merch. That should be our official merch. We yeah. gotta get those shirts made.
0: Well, KLF knows what's up because they they uh, they are in agreement.
1: It's gotta be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, maybe a solo, mm-hmm. chorus, 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 maybe an outro, and.
0: So the the KLF they don't say solo, they say breakdown because sure. we're in, you know, yeah, dance music land, yeah, yeah. territory. But they basically said they were just talking about things that maybe you could do, like maybe you could try, do you want to put a guitar solo in there or something and they're like just don't don't do that. Don't don't ever think it. He, they basically said like Michael Jackson made guitar solos irrelevant with um uh Beat It. they're just like that was kind of too good and i don't really know where we go from here so just don't put a guitar
1: solo uh beat it end of end of guitar solos you can't do a guitar solo as good as beat it yeah
0: just beat it don't even try yeah um last rule lyrics you will need some but not many sure that's it
1: you want something that people can uh remember the entirety of by the second time they've listened to the song yep that's good criteria
0: yeah so that's it um Come with some, come to the studio with some ideas, but don't have everything written out. Dance groove, no longer than three thirty, the structure we described earlier, and just a few lyrics that are good. That's yeah, it. just
1: catchy chants, basically.
0: Here's so at this point, maybe, maybe, maybe you're wondering, well, doesn't that sound a bit formulaic?
1: Well, I think the main thing that I'm, I'm curious about is the going ahead and booking the studio time before you've, uh, before you, you've really figured that you've written your pop song. But that is such good advice because then you book the studio time and then guess what? You got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. There's no, yeah. There's yeah. No there's no, no back. backing out. Yeah. And you know, that's very scary to me and I don't think that that's something that personally I would ever do. But honestly, if you want to become a musician, I think that that's totally correct. If you real, if you really, really in your heart know that you want to become a musician, I yeah. think the absolute first thing you should do is book studio time. It seems you might to book be it.
0: what a lot of people do in these books is like, it's not like, oh, yes, we had written the entirety of Appetite for Destruction and it was time <laughs> to, to call our friends at, you know, so and so,
1: blah, blah, blah. No. If you really want to be a pop star, if you really want to be a pop musician today, tomorrow morning, pick up the phone and book uh, 10 hours of studio time six months from now. Yeah.
0: Pressure. And then just do it. Just a light amount of pressure. Yeah. Like, uh, like putting, you know. putting pressure on a a a flesh wound. Yes, exactly. Not, not a full amputation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, I bring up the, you know, well this, this, this sounds like a formula and formulas create formulaic stuff. Like what is going to make my song different? So I want to read their, uh, addressing of this, which I love. Uh, They say, every number one song ever written is only made up from bits from other songs. There is no lost chord, no changes untried, no extra notes to the scale or hidden beats to the bar. There is no point in searching for originality. So why don't all songs sound the same? Why are some artists great, write dozens of classics that move you to tears, say it like it's never been said before, make you laugh, dance, blow your mind, fall in love, take to the streets and riot? Well, it's because although the chords, notes, harmonies, beats and words have all been used before... Their own soul shines through. Their personality demands attention. This doesn't just come via the great vocalist or virtuoso instrumentalist. The techno sound of Detroit, the most linear programmed music ever, lacking any human musicianship in its execution, reeks of sweat, sex, and desire. The creators of that music just press a few buttons and out comes a million years of pain and lust. <laughs> I just love that. Uh,
1: that's wonderful. I just it's think true. It's,
0: it's a nice validation of like... It's a validation of the artist because I do think that especially they're coming at a time that has never been so technologically modulated yeah. of like, of course, you know, <laughs> press play and yeah, yeah. you're a musician, but are you really? And the answer is yes, if yes. you are.
1: Yes. If you are, then you are. Yeah. And you could play the most simple songs uh, exactly the way the original musicians played them and just like, I don't know, the tones that you pick for your instruments mm-hmm. uh, is, is important, you know? Yeah. And that's why I... I not to have continue only having like two notes, but that's why I love synthesizers so much because you can like take one four note line yeah. and have it loop over and over and over again and play endlessly with the shape of the notes themselves mm-hmm. and create things that sound totally unique and different, even if it's the same four notes looping over and over again. Because
0: it's you doing it. Yeah. And it's no one, no other, there's no other Chris Wade
1: who can craft those notes to sound the way that I am imagining them in my head. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. so they. They're honoring the artist as a unique being, and maybe it's very Mary Lynn Robinson. What's her name? Mary Lynn Ma- Williamson? Mary Williamson, yeah. I mean, they're they're bit, piece,
1: piercing the veil into the uh, soul power. gossamer realm of pure imagination.
0: Yeah, but the, it's it's
1: good. It's good. It's good. It's very good.
0: So, yeah, that, that's they said, obviously, like, they combined... Uh, the Doctor Who theme song and the Gary (laughs) Glitter song and the song by the Sweet. Even the Doctor Who. They did not play a note on the record. Like they did not play a note.
1: I don't think that it's it's the Doctor Who theme song because I'm pretty sure the Doctor (laughs) Who theme song doesn't just go Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Yes, Doctor Who. <laughs> is <true>. Doctor Who. <laughs> it not It's not the
0: theme song. It it's is just the phrase variations on a theme by Doctor Who. I
1: guess it's just the phrase Doctor Who.
0: And now I'm just imagining uh, the theme song to Friends, just being like
1: Friends, 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 friends. friends, friends. friends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it is, uh, you know,
1: Mad Men, Mad mad (laughs) Men, Mad Men, Mad (laughs) Men. All, um, uh, a joke between Molly and I is uh, any uh, of these prestige prestige TV instrumental theme songs, you can tell the good ones because you you can sing the name of the TV show over it. Like the Mad Men one we were just doing or... Game of Thrones. Game of, game game of, of Thrones. Of game of Thrones. Of, game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of
0: Thrones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know a theme song is bad when you can't do that. We can't like do that. Westworld. Or Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Breaking a It's a riff. It's not so much a theme as a riff. Yeah. Um, groove. Important note on groove.
1: First of all, yes. it's in the heart. First,
0: first, th- first things first, it's
1: in the heart. It's in the heart.
0: Uh, second things first, uh, they basically just like they're like groove. You you know you've heard of it right? Like <laughs> you know it's got to make you dance. How many, how many of y'all have groove? <laughs> yeah, anyone anyone a fan of groove? Groove fan? Um, any groove sharks in the yeah, audience? Have groove sharks in the audience. Ch- it's chum in the water for you, groove sharks. <laughs> uh, it's gro- groove shark week. <laughs> um, the, there's, this just another bit regarding groove that I, uh, found interesting. Cause I also do, do think it addresses, uh, appropriation, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, the flip side of, uh, of sampling is, yes. is appropriation. Like what, where do you draw the line? <laughs> um, They say the copyright laws that have grown over the past 100 years have all been developed by whites of European descent. And these laws state that 50% of the copyright of any song should be for the lyrics, and the other 50% for the top line sung melody. Groove doesn't even get a look in. (laughs) If the copyright laws had been in the hands of blacks of African descent, at least 80% would have gone to the creators of the groove, with the remainder split between the lyrics and melody. If perchance you are reading this and you are both black and a lawyer, make a name for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right the wrongs. (laughs)
1: I just the the rare copyright warrior warrior who is advocating more copyright. Yes, yes.
0: For but just for for the right, for the yeah, yeah, which I think is
1: not wrong. No, Um, no. That's a a very astute observation about how uh, you know music is regulated and uh, adjudicated. Yes,
0: and I don't know. I I think at this point, like saying you know, obviously they are they're they're stealing they're stealing stuff, but they're doing the we know we're stealing things.
1: So, but that's kind of the point then it, cause they, as they acknowledge there, they know they can steal stuff like grooves mm-hmm. because they know how both, how important gr- the groove is to the song, but also how under regulated it is. Yes. So they are doing like culture jamming, basically of being like, look how much we can steal and it still be fine. But the thing that we're stealing is the fucking important part. Like I don't think, I don't know if there are any lyrics to rock and roll part two. I think it is an instrumental, but like if there are lyrics, Hey, had- Hey, Hey! Yeah, I mean, he, I guess he says hey. Yeah. But maybe because they literally don't clip the hey part, they can just take as much of that song that they want.
0: It does seem like they owe most of the publishing to other people, but not not necessarily the groove.
1: Where'd they get the million pounds
0: then? Well, they they got a lot of money okay. for various reasons, um, but not from that. That's fucking baller. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, I, I would say that I agree, and I think that um, there should be more copyright based on on Groove to
1: and Groove fair, creators just, uh copyright so that original creators get paid but yet people who seek to transform and uh you know reuse things mm-hmm. in fair ways are also protected yep i'd say it's it's, it's a complicated issue we need sounds- ground up copyright reform yes <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you Chris. yeah that's a play that'll be a plank in my uh Twenty twenty eight presidential platform. Yes, pl- platform.
0: Yes. Um, a couple other just nuts and bolts things. They said if you're a singer, just don't don't be. <laughs> um, Give up. Just don't say book bu- book a singer or two. Uh. They basically just like singers seem to confuse their role uh, of singing with, you know, changing the world. Uh, Yes. Um, (laughs) And, you know, perhaps rightfully so. They're they're all business. Yeah. They're just they're just trying to give you a number one song and they don't want any funny business.
1: Yes. So I guess that is the thing is like lead singers do tend to very quickly creep into feeling that they are soul authors.
0: Yes. (laughs) soul soul power. Yeah. Too much. What if soul power? But too But too much. Yes. For the intro, they were just like, I don't know, do like an instrumental version of the chorus melody. Sure. Or just ask your programmer what he thinks.
1: <laughs> is that kind of the caveat to all these things? Yeah. Just like talk to your programmer and be like, yeah.
0: what, do you, what do you think of this? Uh, Bridges, don't
1: even think about it. All right. Just so we're too not, advanced. We're not doing any key changes. This in the is manual. one. This is
0: one on one. They mentioned key changes and they're like, you can try it, I guess, if you want. <laughs> but this is very simple. Very bread and butter. Yes. Bridges. Fuck them. Uh, outro. They said you could either just fade out a couple of repeated choruses, or just do the intro uh, music again. So this is just you know just formulas. Uh, they, they also shout out to um hanging bits, aka like just two bars between a verse or a chorus. Okay, yeah. They're, they said maybe give it a go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all yeah, all this stuff is is totally like. I mean. Y- Try it. It's like we we have a path here. I mean, I guess you could see what's out in the forest, but like that's a forest, man. Here's the path.
0: Yeah. Also, you know, you've got like a week in the studio like right. how much time you're wasting on a bridge. Yeah, sure. I think the chorus is more important. Um okay, so a week has gone by. You have you've you've got your groove chorus lyrics title. So this is at, at this point you're not in the studio yet. Mm-hmm. This is they're just telling you what to prep in advance. Don't, you don't need the whole song, but sure. you should probably have groove chorus lyrics title of the song. Um and So you're about to hit the studio, and here's what they say. Up until now, you might have felt these chapters have been riddled with cynicism. Cynicism, harnessed to your advantage, can help debunk fraudulent mysteries that prevent us from sharing in what is possible and what is ours. At all times, cynicism must be balanced with the belief and faith in the intrinsic goodness of our fellow man. You are not going to be able to cheat your way to the top. It is only by nurturing the goodness that everybody wants to express that the doors are going to be held open for you. We all have the capacity for unlimited fantasy. It's the fuel of genius. Do not be afraid to turn on the tap and let it flow. As we discussed before, a record will automatically equal more than the sum of its parts. However coldly we calculate the making of each part, our personality will be there on the record for the world
1: to feel. Wonderful. not that nice? Yes.
0: There's the formula, but then it's fueling the... I, I interpret that passion.
1: as yeah, I I also interpret that as the ultimate uh like really aligning your your mindset of like f- forest through trees mindset of being yes. like, look, you gotta get shit done. Yeah. So like do each individual part and just be ruthless about each individual mm. part, but know that because you have done it and you care about the final part, yeah. like there will be a soul imbued in it. Yes. But you don't have to like spend each moment being like, oh, but like what, what am I what saying? What about the musicality of this drum beat? If what can I, you no, know, just like make all the things yeah. and then put them all together in a way that you know how it's going to be good. Yeah. And then it'll, it'll have you in it and yeah. it'll be fine and yeah. real and, and, and you know, artistic. They're just giving you the keys to a, you
0: know, there's a go-kart on a track. Yeah, yeah. But, but you are going to have fun driving the go-kart. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, no two go-karts going around the track are going to, follow the exact same like tire marks yeah you're never going to perfectly match a, a ghost of a previous runner of the the track or like you know a, a
0: fly might hit your windshield and that you didn't hit a one percent and it turns into a whole new thing yeah so turn turn on the tap and let it flow i think that's the other thing is that they're just acknowledging it's like well you're an artist aren't you like yeah you're, mu- you're a musician you're
1: reading the klf manual you obviously have some you want this. In this we
0: we so we saw we saw uh billy eilish this past weekend who i'm newly and continually obsessed with and she said between songs she was like i used to cry in my room at night because i wanted this shit so bad and i just heard that and i was like then you deserve it yeah you know what i mean if you're a child and you're crying because you want to be a pop star and stand on the stage and sing in front of a bunch of people go do go do that yes (laughs) you you earned it as far as i'm concerned um so that's i don't know turn on the tap.
1: Turn on the tap. Let it flow. Get in the pit and try to love someone.
0: Okay. So we're going to the studio. What do you think the first thing the Kayla suggests you do when you go to the studio? Oh, God
1: damn it. Uh, I feel like this could be really obvious or really counterintuitive because my first suggestion would be uh, put down the drum, drum track. But I, I don't know. I'm imagining them saying like pay the producer or something. Make some tea. <laughs> I forgot they were British
0: that's a, that seems to be the main job of the of the musician throughout the week is you' you're making tea and you're keeping people's spirits up mm-hmm. um, also they say tell all your studio personnel engineer programmer etc that you are trying to make a number one record yes because you need all all hands on deck
1: you gotta believe yeah that's that's a Marianne mindset right there yeah. you, you gotta n- know you're making a number one. You got to go and thinking you're making a number one. You got everybody has to be on board being like, no, this is going to be the most popular record in Britain. Yeah. Uh, even if you're making it in America, yeah. you know, go and saying like, no, we're going to make this the most popular record in Britain because we're following the KLF manual. And that's what it says.
0: Yes. One one trope I love in in movies about music and musicians is um, when they're hidden in the studio, usually for the first time, as like a green band or musician and the engineer like does not give a shit about them. They're, you ever see the movie once? The Irish not, movie. No. Oh man, that really hit me in the hunting up filios when I was in high school. <laughs> um, I love that shit. Glen Glenn Hansard, damn. Um uh Shout anyway. to
1: all the Glenn Hansard out there. Shout
0: out to all the Glenn Hansard. So he hit, he hits the studio with his like Czech, you know, girlfriend slash uh, partner, I don't know what. And you at first like the guy is just like I don't know, texting or smoking a cigarette or whatever. He's like not even looking at the knobs. Yeah, he's doing this Tino Beanie. He he gets like a minute and a half, two minutes into the song and like things start to pick up and you just see the, like it cuts a shot of like the look on the engineer's face. Like, oh, these guys are really about something. (laughs) And he like puts a cigarette out and then he starts twirling the knobs. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh fuck, I got to engineer this thing. (laughs) Uh, I love it. And Glenn Hanser wouldn't have had this problem if he had gone into the studio and were like making a number one record,
1: dude. Yeah. Get with the program. Yeah. You just set uh, the expectations. Uh, that just as an aside, that one of my favorite just visual tropes. And I think that maybe the onion or college humor at one point did a uh, a video parodying this. Just any time that there's somebody in the recording booth and it uses the uh, go to insert of the engineer, like holding his headphones. Yep. Realizing it's good. Yep. Kind of nodding his head, and then it cuts to the insert of him turning the levels up yeah. on the board, just absolutely ruining the mix, <laughs> right? Yes, right? Exactly. Just fucking up those levels. He's he's like, wow, I didn't have any of this in the mix before. Now let's do all of it. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> and you're sitting at home listening to it. and It's like one of those memes where like the bass is really over. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, I guess you liked it. Uh yeah.
1: Oh, this is oh, we're turned down everything else down. We're <laughs> just doing bass now. <laughs>
0: yes, I I would think that I would hope engineers would try to check your levels and stuff from the beginning.
1: Yeah, I guess the um, yeah, you should probably go into the recording with all the levels set.
0: Yeah, that would be good. But you know, that's yeah, this isn't a manual for them, so it's a manual for you. <laughs> that's
1: like that one fucking stupid ass insert and. In, the in bohemian rhapsody when the manager breaks God. into the live aid recording booth and basically turns the queen levels all the way up <laughs> and then it c- cuts <laughs> and it cuts to the pledge room and the money starts rolling
0: in <laughs> the pledge <laughs> who getting <a> phone call <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't really hear this before, before, but now that I've heard the Queen song, it seems like someone's turned up the volume, and I, I like it very much. Here's $10 it for It seems as if some kind of
1: responsible doing. Pratt engineer had put some kind of line of tape over the levels saying, don't go this high. <laughs> but then some enterprising lad who must have been an ally of Queen's went in and he took the tape off and he turned the Queen levels all the way up and I can hear him, mate. <laughs> I can hear him. I'm giving all my money to Live Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, go listen no. to our Bohemian Rhapsody episode if you want to hear the context of that joke. Yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, the no- knobs, knobs. I no- do love knobs. Not just engineers. They're just a knob with a knob. Yeah, and you know
1: what? Uh, if uh, something sounds good and it's on a zero, it, turn it up. It doesn't sound good if it's on. If it's good on a ten, that's. 10 times as good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah.
0: You should, everything should just definitely be as loud as, as yeah. possible, but only the good stuff.
1: Yeah, only the good stuff. That's the thing. You put all the good to 10 and all the bad to zero and that's how you make a record.
0: Yeah, that's our manual. <laughs> it's two sentences long. Uh, anyway, yeah, so you show up you you get your staff going. You They say you play them the groove track you want to rip off. Uh, <laughs> sing them your chorus lines. Show them your chart of how the seven-inch record, record should be structured. Get the engineer to give you a quick tour of the studio and a rough idea of what everything does. Have the programmer explain what his computer slash keyboard slash sample linked uh, together can achieve uh revel in the MIDI revolution of it all. And then ask the engineer to either turn up or turn down the air conditioning. <laughs> uh, your job is to hold on to the rudder and at all times, never lose sight of the Harbor lights. Let the crew bail out the water. Let the crew trim the sails. Let the crew man the galley. Yeah. You're creative directing. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, you have a week in the studio and you just kind of like, um, just sort of nudge people. You just, to make it good. Yeah. Because you already did the work. You have the chorus and the verses and yeah. groove, which you stole. That, so you, that's so the then song. you just do it? Then you just do it. But you should also at this point be arranging, because you are an independent operator. Yes, you are a small business. So you, yeah, you're a small business owner. So you need um, a plugger, which a plugger is like someone who can get your songs on like shows, movies. The PR. Yeah well there's also a publicist who can get you like written yeah, yeah. or like TV appearances but like mm-hmm. a plugger will literally place your song or like get your song in a commercial or something. Sure. So you need a plugger and a publicist, manufacturer to uh create the music. Obviously this is not really necessary anymore sure. unless you want a cool tape label or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which we do, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, um, distributor to actually get the record into stores. Yeah, this is the part where it's all—it's all—it's all, it's all, uh, you all, know, it's all a bit outdated. Um, you need—I mean—you need, I mean, a, you need an accountant, you need a solicitor, aka a legal person. So now that
1: now that we're getting into business stuff, I do yes. just kind of like want to go back to that studio thing for a little bit. Yes, because all that part of like from getting into the studio and hiring all those people and getting mm-hmm. your engineer and uh, programmer. Yes, um, you know, and then it just kind of goes like, and then you make the song. Yeah and that always feels like a little hand wavy to me in every mm-hmm. one of the books that we do uh about this but this is the only one where i where it's clear that that is the point like act, like all the stuff the prologue and the epilogue yeah that's the hard part of the music yes the actually being in the studio and doing the thing yeah that should be the easy part you yeah. just go in, you just make the song it's fine you already know what the song is going to be like all the details if you hire competent people, or are, it's going to be fine. And you have to be confident. That's yeah, the yeah. other thing is that you have, you have to, to be, the at people least. People have to be competent and you have to be confident. Yeah.
0: You you have to believe that you have written or pasted together a song that is yeah, yeah. catchy. Copy, and paste. Yeah, yeah. And also, by the way, we're not creating Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Yeah. Club band.
1: Lonely Hearts Band Club.
0: What's the album called? Is it just Sgt. Pepper's, Pepper's Lonely Hearts, Hearts Club, Club Band. Band? Cool. Um, you, you, this is not a, a manual for that. Mm-hmm. And they said they even said they're like don't pick the most expensive uh don't pick the most expensive studio or engineer because you're not trying to make an expensive album, you're trying to make a semi you can make a song sound kind of
1: expensive. No, you know what song that they're making? Yeah. Technotronics Pump Up the Jam. Okay. You know? Yeah. That that's like exactly what this thing is made for which is probably I don't I don't know what the charter but that's like a top 10 hit yeah. when when it happened and it's a song that played for like uh you know constantly throughout the entire 90s uh and a lot of people will be like oh that, that song fucking is uh, you know garbage or cheesy or whatever you know what That Belgian for whatever Belgian. for the effective purpose that is a number one for, or for the context of this is like a number one song and, and made the money that it wanted to make and mm-hmm. everyone who's listening to this podcast still knows and remembers but anyway everybody knows the song and this is like the kind of thing that they're trying to make like you know yes it's nothing sophisticated, nothing fancy, but it's a good song. Yes. Right. It's,
0: and it's not... You're not reinventing the wheel. Yeah, yeah. There's a chorus versus a breakdown. Yeah. I think. Um. Yeah. No, they're, they're not trying to... It's not a manual for how to create a sensitive, yeah, yeah. you know, deeply felt, uh, capture the soul of a But nation. a successful party jam. Just a successful... Yeah. And, and at, in 1988, the you know, in 1964... You wouldn't be writing this. You would be writing, like, I assume, some sort of simple garage rock anthem uh, stolen from a British person, stolen from a black person. Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, it's the, at this time, this is the way, single-handedly, the best way to make a right, right, right. number one song. Um, yeah, so you're, you're building your small business. Um, they, uh, and then the, the song is continuing to be crafted. They say, uh, you're going to watch Desperation bear fruit, uh, but keep on making cups of tea for the team. Every second of the track has got to grab your attention and never let go. Always go for the hookiest hook, the lowest common denominator, the one you <laughs> can't believe you're using. Yes, which goes back to something we talked about with Felix a little, a little while ago, which is just be just dumb, just be as dumb as you can, be as dumb as you can, be and as dumb as you can
1: let yourself be.
0: And they, <laughs> Doctor in the TARDIS is. Definitely as dumb, extremely dumb as they are letting themselves be, and these are smart people. Yeah, yeah. these are clearly erudite (laughs) people, and yet that is a that song is so dumb. Very stupid, but it's good. Yeah, it's it's dumb, but it's good. Um, finally, you have to you have to mix the track. In the mixing process, they say uh, when your engineer gets the drum tracks up and they've done some work on their sound, it has to be the most mind numbing, danceable thing you've ever heard. These drums alone should sound like they could go on all night in a club and the floor would never be less than a writhing mess of flesh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Groove. Groove.
0: Um, Okay, so you finish your song. Yes. And you have all your components in place, Um, you know, packager, distributor, plug or whatever. Song comes out. They then they just kind of like narrate what happened to them, which is just like it's on Radio One. uh, It's on the C playlist, which is like they have like the A, C, B and C playlist like and then uh, it gets some traction. It's going to be on this show like you're getting you got this TV placement. Uh, You need a music video at this point. Um, You probably don't have any money left over, so you probably need to borrow against. You need to like go to your bank and be like, I've already got this song. It's doing very well, but I need a little bit more money to make a video. Um, KLF does not like videos. They say it's the disease of our time.
1: Ooh, interesting.
0: Which is funny because I do, they seem way more like audio wordy rather than visual. Like sure. they don't. But I don't know. They, their visual branding is not as strong as just like their, their- Their
1: whole audio aesthetic. Shtick, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, okay. So at this point, the song is climbing the charts. You're probably going to be on top of the pops.
1: Top of the pops. Top of the pops. Every, um, every British musician's dream.
0: Yes. So you're going to need to like perform um, and have some sort of TV appearance uh, now that you're charting. And so they're like, well, what's the angle? Uh, so this is what I did not want to tell you before we started recording. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, so they, deci- they, sa- they decided um, that the lead the person who was going to be the like lead performing thing was a car. What? Um, they decided to say that a car, which they were, they called the Ford time Lord, which is like a cop car. Sure. 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 Made the record. Okay. Um. So when they promoted this number one song, it yes. eventually reached number one. They were like a cop, ca- a car made this
1: song and the car was the author
0: and the car was, yeah, technically the time when it says uh doctor and the Tardis by the time Lord's,
1: the car was the Time Lord.
0: Car was a Time Lord. Uh, on the and this is from Wikipedia, not not KLF uh, manual. Uh, so the car is called Ford Time Lord. Ford f- <laughs> featured. Ford, Ford featured prominently. <laughs> Ford featured prominently on the sleeve of Doctor and the TARDIS. We were just quoted as saying, "Hi, I'm Ford Time Lord. <laughs> I'm a car, and I've made a record." <laughs> And then uh, on uh, the other side, it said, I mixed and matched some tunes we all know and love, got some mates down and made this record. Sounds like a hit to me. <laughs> so <laughs> these guys, just, they, <laughs> they went to Top of the Pops and they're like, um, so the car's going to perform <laughs> And we can hire some dancers. We're gonna hire four four dancers to dance around the car and the car is gonna perform uh, Doctor and the TARDIS
1: and Oh my god, I'm looking at this image right now. Yeah. Hi. I'm Fort Tom I'm a car. I'm a car. I've made a record. Oh
0: my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Um they
1: these yeah. people had a million dollars to set on fire. To set on fire.
0: Well, and so the video oh, when boy. you, before you're we talking about, Oh, the video is, that like,
1: was the car. It was chasing. Yeah. That's the, the, it was that's the chasing the, the doll That's the
0: author of the track. I didn't realize they the said they spent the most of their video budget on helicopter shots of the car <laughs> 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 driving around. They also made some like bootleg Daleks for the sure, yeah, performance. Yeah.
1: There's like cardboard boxes.
0: Um, I don't know <laughs> if, if you, if people are listening to this, tr- just look up, uh, KLF top of the pops, uh, or I guess uh, the Time Lords' top of the pops, Doctrine of the TARDIS, because it's really it's
1: really something. Hi, I'm a car, and I made a record. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so that I just it's I don't know it's the and they they relay the information with the same kind of blasé <laughs> matter of factness <laughs> of that of they like do everything the else. Just producer. like. They're like, I don't know. We needed an angle, and so we're like, uh, uh, the car, the car, wrote the this. car made the record. And so,
1: so this, this, they're, these guys are killers. They're they're fucking terminators. Yeah. They, they they know just like nothing. Nothing makes sense. Nothing is real. Pop uh, stardom is completely manufactured and ephemeral. You can just like plug any variable into this thing as long as like the the basics are there.
0: Yeah, as long as you got a groove. I can fully see like Lady God. Now that she's taken her like, <laughs> she's uh, like I'm turn. A card is yeah no like well i mean she was kind of like a motorcycle on the cover of um uh porn this way right yeah she's like a little bit of a motorcycle um <laughs> I, I she now that she's fully like mainstream like she wants she's Licked the Oscar gold like she wants Best Actress. She's not going to get that weird ever again. But it's there true. was a time where she would have just been like, "Yeah, a, I'm car a car wrote this, and I'm a car."
1: <laughs> what is Lady Gaga? Well, Lady like, Gaga is a car today.
0: Do- Doja Cat, that song from last year, "Bitch, I'm a cow." Yeah, she's a fucking cow. She's a cow. What? What, what? do you want? Move. <laughs> <laughs> She milkshake ducked. I, I think it went for, it was oh, like a did week. Did she do a bad thing? Well, like a week after, uh, uh, bitch how a cow came out. Uh, she had said some like
1: transphobic stuff ah. on Twitter
0: because no one, yeah. Oh, God
1: damn it. Why can't anybody? And delight- she like,
0: du- when someone called her out, she like doubled uh, double down. down on, no. Yeah.
1: Oh, God damn it. Why can't anybody who does anything delightful not have a transphobic print pass?
0: Yeah. It's so easy. It's so no, easy it's so. to no, not be don't. transphobic.
1: <sighs> just say trans rights.
0: Uh, it's, it's bitch I'm a car. It's, 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 bitch, bitch I'm a car. Bitch, bitch I'm, I'm a car. car. Bitch I'm a car. Vroom. <laughs> said vroom. Oh my god. <laughs> um anyway, so that, that was how they kind of uh sealed the deal. Yeah. Um they were only number 1 for a week. Uh, but, but they that's hit number one. They hit number one, which is what they wanted to do. It's they like said on New York
1: Times bestseller list. The critics you just got to do it once, and then you're the exact same as everybody. Every other idiot has yeah. been on that Creden- list. Credentialed AF. Credentialed AF.
0: Um, the they said they were like the critics. Sort of seemed to catch on to our little bit, <laughs> and were you know they they were saying that we were basically taking the piss, uh, and oh. they you know we're we're not happy. I need to find what people um said about it. According to the British music press, the result was a result of their um, attempt to cravenly uh, desire. Number one, the result was rancid, pure, unadulterated agony and excruciating. Uh, Because the British it sold over a million copies.
1: But the British, so the British music press is already so uh, like mean and snarky and gossipy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can only imagine their reaction to somebody who knew that they were tricking. Yeah. People. Yes. Not even tricking, but just like gamifying. Yeah. It, it you know, it's like when somebody goes on Jeopardy and like fi- and like tricks the rules or something and everybody gets so yeah. uh pissed off about it. They are like, they they can't just go out and make a popular song because they know it'll be pop. that's not that's not music. They can't you can't you can't just you can't just make a popular <laughs> song. You have to be an artist. You know? Yeah. Well
0: that that's like a, you know, that's just they they only saw the cynicism yeah. when actually there's there's some sort of strange and spark of unique... Are, G- no one else made that song? Yeah,
1: and the KLF are like, it's, it's still a good song, mate.
0: Yeah. They just, they, they did that. No one else just did that. that. No that, one else will do that. The
1: fact that we knew it was going to be a good song doesn't mean it's not a good song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're just, you know, they're Babe Ruth, point, point yeah, in the point stands. and you hit it. Yeah. Which is something that, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about, because I've been thinking about Ariana Grande more or less constantly the past week. Uh, she had the uh, the line in the song um uh thank you next where she's like at least the song is a smash <laughs> but the song we're listening to the song, the song where right she's already now. recorded it being like so she has recorded it being like I know this song is going to be a smash yeah. and it was. Yeah. And confidence is uh sexy sexy. <laughs> it's attractive and it makes it makes things uh makes things good and compelling. Yeah. So I'll never uh uh, decry someone for being confident about their art. I'll, I'll if they're confident about their art and their art is like hateful. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sure well, I will. True. But uh, KLF seems to only be hateful to I don't know uh, blowhards.
1: Yeah, I guess blowhards people who take
0: themselves Daleks. too seriously. Daleks. They seem to be pro. The
1: Daleks are the villains of you, Doctor Who. You, oh really? See, yeah.
0: it's been a, a long time since I've seen Doctor Who. Isn't isn't Doctor Who a woman now?
1: Yes. A woman. And people are mad about it.
0: Yes. <laughs> they should call her Lady Doctor Who. Lady Doctor Who? Yeah. And
1: have a whole separate series that's Lady Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, because Doctor Who's a boy. Yeah. Because doctors are boys. <laughs> <laughs> Dur- she's Nurse Who. <laughs> nurse who?
1: who? Nurse Whom.
0: <laughs> nurse Whom. <laughs> nurse Whomst. Wh- coming this fall to BBC One. Wh- whom is she? Whomst. Um, okay, great. So <laughs> uh, they say, you know, you've reached number one. Congratulations. Uh, they kind of close down they say it's only through mastering the art of having complete control when you are at the same time totally out of control uh, you must hold the reins tighter than you have ever held them before but let the chariot head over the clifftop the abyss is calling <laughs> yes which is still it's like that structure versus yeah creative genius of like all you have to do is follow this thing but you, just who knows, wild yeah. wild out but you
1: still gotta follow a, it you're a car <laughs> bitch i'm a car, I'm a car. <laughs> uh you yeah you you can follow this path uh line by line but it's still the end of the path is a cliff that you have to drive the car over
0: yeah and because the entire if you also accept that your mission is you know is, is insanity your mm-hmm. mission is is ridiculous who who could who could want a number one song you who dare yeah how dare you how um by even wanting that, you are already driving the chariot. Yeah, the you're cliff. already
1: you're already in the car, pointed towards the cliff. Yeah, this is just like you know the path to get from just, A to B.
0: Just go. Um. So that's that's it. That's the manual.
1: That's wonderful, and what a wonderful gut bunch of eccentric guys. <laughs> do you know what happened with or the KLF?
0: They seem to be kind of. I mean, they as I. Said they broke up and like deleted their catalog. Uh, it's amazing. It's one amazing. the one guy uh, from the KLF started a a sort of come down DJ duo called the Orb. Oh, he's in the Orb. Yeah, C- oh. Cotty, uh, Jimmy Cotty in the Orb. I know the, orb. but he he since left the Orb. He's not the founding member of the Orb, but he think. he
1: was involved in the Orb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I I don't know much about them, but they're they're like a um a DJ collective.
0: Yeah, it seems like they they are make sort of tran- trancey music. I don't know. Yeah. Um one one thing that both of the members of the KLF were interested in was uh these esoteric conspiracy novels called the Illuminatus trilogy. Sure. Have you heard of this? Yes. I've Yes. Please don't tell me we own the books because I just ordered them from Amazon and I'm going to read and report back. Uh, please don't tell me you No. <laughs>
1: okay, good. Uh these were referenced... we're listening to the Orb right now. We're listening to um Cool. Donuts Forever Great. featuring Jaw Wobble, the bassist in uh Public Image Ltd. Great. Um I, I might be I might be mi- mixing these up. But the, the Illuminati trilogies were uh I believe um Reference very briefly in uh, Matt Chrisman's recent conspiracy theories episode cool. of the uh, of Chappa Trap House, but I'll have I'll have to check myself on that. Great, it might be another trilogy of of things, but but it's uh like sci-fi. Stuff. Yes,
0: sci-fi conspiracy theory shit. Yep. Yeah. Um, it seems like they uh they KLF reunited briefly in 2017. Um, they wrote another book called 2023, a trilogy by the Justified Ancients of Moo
1: Ooh.
0: Um, so maybe we'll we'll deal with them again.
1: Well, I, I've pulled up actually a little reading that this whole thing made me think of. Mm-hmm. It's a little long, but I hope you'll let me le- read it in full. It's, I, it's, I will. it's only like three paragraphs. I will. But three long paragraphs. Please do. Um, that this whole thing made me think of, which is an essay called How to Play Guitar, mm-hmm. uh, written by David Fair, who is the brother of Jad Fair, and between him and Jad Fair... Uh, they were the band Half Japanese, great. A um, weird and prolific band, uh, indie DIY band from the '80s, uh, like semi adjacent to you know the like hardcore '80s scene uh, type bands. Mm-hmm. They um, put out a bunch of albums uh, that were all very idiosyncratic and uh, have kind of all their own feel. Uh, let me let me just play like a little a little bit of this. Okay, this is. You know, kind of tweak, kind yeah. of. Yeah. This is one million kisses by half Japanese. I like it. Anyway, they had like a little cult fo- following, but they also put out some like weird, crazy, experimental stuff. Whatever, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this is a, a, a essay called "How to Play Guitar" on on his. Music philosophy, uh, this was put out online, I don't know, something like Zener or, or something. That is, it's very 80s DIY, but you know, not that far removed from what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, and I think it'll resonate with this. Okay. <clears throat> I taught myself to play guitar. It's incredibly easy when you understand the science of it. The skinny strings play the high sounds, and the fat strings play the low sounds. If you put your finger on the string farther out by the tuning end, it makes a lower sound. If you want to play fast, move your hand fast. And if you want to play slower, move your hand slower. That's all there is to it. You can learn the names of notes or how to make chords that other people use, but that's pretty limiting. Even if you took a few years and learned all the chords, you'd still have a limited number of options. If you ignore the chords, your options are infinite and you can master guitar playing in one day. Traditionally, guitars have a fat string on the top and a skinny, and they get skinnier and skinnier as they go down. But the thing to remember is it's your guitar and you can put whatever you want on it. I like to put six different size strings on because that gives me more variety, but my brother used to put all the same thickness on so we wouldn't have so much to worry about. (laughs) Whatever string he hit had to be the right one because they were all the same. Tuning the guitar is kind of a ridiculous notion. If you have to wind the tuning pegs to just a certain place, it implies that every other place would be wrong. But that's absurd. How could it be wrong? It's your guitar and you're the one playing it. It's completely up to you to decide how it should sound. In fact, I don't tune my tune by the sound at all. I wind the strings until they're all about the same tightness. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend electric guitars for a couple of reasons. First of all, they don't depend on body resonating for sound, so it doesn't matter if you paint them. As also, if you put all the knobs on your amplifier to 10, you can get a much higher effort-to-reaction ratio with electric guitar than you can with acoustic. Just a tiny tap on the strings can rattle your windows. And when you slam the strings with your amp on 10, you can strip the paint off walls. Mm -hmm. The first guitar I bought was a Silvertone. Later, I bought a Fender Telecaster, but it doesn't really matter what you buy as long as the tuning pegs are on the end of the neck where they belong. A few years back, somebody came out with a guitar that tunes on the other end. I never tried one. I guess they sound all right, but they look ridiculous, and I imagine you'd feel pretty foolish holding one. Mm -hmm. That would affect your playing. The idea isn't to feel foolish. The idea is to put a pick in one hand and a guitar in the other, and with a tiny movement, rule the world
0: oh I love that
1: isn't that great yeah it's clearly a different philosophy from theirs which is uh, precision of idea and then like just full-throated execution uh, like a uh, uh, charge forward execution mm-hmm. of it but in terms of overall philosophy I find those two ideas like pretty similar is just yeah. like don't like obsess about the details keep that image in head of what you of what you want to do and, like, just make the thing happen. You know what music sounds like. Yeah. The notes get lower when you put your hand back and higher when you get your put your hand forward and the same with the strings. You know what it sounds like. Just make the music that it should sound like. You yeah. know what a, how a song sounds. It goes verse, chorus, verse, <laughs> chorus, maybe a solo. Or a breakdown. Maybe a breakdown. <laughs> chorus, 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 maybe an outro. You know what that is. Yeah. All you have to do is just go do it.
0: But it's also advocating, I think both of these things are advocating for you need to know what you need to know to get comfortable or uncomfortable yes, enough to exactly. yeah. make the thing you need to make you do it but because you you do have to know that there are six strings or you need to know what it sounds like when you put your hand there versus there yeah. but then yeah but then you just have to do it
1: yeah it's great i like it everybody go out and get your own copy of the klf probably download a pdf of it and print it off at your local copy shop
0: yeah i'm not not too Proud to admit that I found this online
1: very easily. I'm sure that that's how they want you to consume it. Yeah. Well, in fact, when you go to the KLF's Wikipedia page, it says the KLF parentheses the copyright with a K Liberation Front. Sure. They want you to read this. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um. They if they have a Patreon, I'll definitely um contribute. Don't think that they have a Patreon. uh, Go go fund me. (laughs) Go fund me. Uh. (laughs) Because is it what is that? They about? they seem to not yeah. not care uh, much about that stuff anymore.
1: Anyway. Um, yeah, uh, get a get a KLF manual and then go make some pop music. That's my recommendation.
0: I would do that too. And also, uh, the KLF KLF Communications is logo is like a pyramid with a boombox inset in it. Instead and the, the, the boombox says Justified. It's so dope. Probably going to get a tattoo. Of this. Don't, <laughs> don't don't worry about me. I'm fine. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I love this. This was such a great suggestion, and I did not know that this, uh, book even existed. And. It, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. This pyramid boombox is dope. It's
0: it's quite good.
1: Yes. Oh man, I am feeling quite justified and ancient right now. Mm,
0: I'm certainly <laughs> feeling justified. I think you have as a podcaster, you have to feel both justified, justified and, and ancient. ancient. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, you loved this?
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was good.
1: Yeah. It was good. Um, inspiring uh, choice. Thank you, Lunch Fan. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed learning about the KLF's takes on pop music. I think that they are correct for a large part. Yeah. Um, and I am excited to go make my own pop music after this. Great. Great. <laughs> Shall we move confidently into the end of this episode? Yes. Thank you for listening to and introducing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Manchester, I will be there uh, soon. Ma-
0: man. Manchester ducing.
1: Manchester ducing. I will be bringing my hacienda membership card to Manchester with the goal of taking a picture by the building that was the old hacienda um, but you can also say hi to me in London uh, and I don't know if anyone's gonna say hi to you after you ch- tried to do a British accent uh, well episode. if you like that you can hear more Brit- bad British accents <laughs> uh at the chapel Travels shows uh, in london will and
0: felix be doing his his special like coffee? yeah well i assume
1: that felix will be spending most of the time making fun of the french it'll be matt who will be making fun of the british got it got it got it uh everybody everybody's going to be doing a lot of Oi mates great uh, Oi mates all around um <laughs> london uh it's
0: a, when you, you get your food delivered here it's postmates but over there, there it's, it's Oi mates yeah, yeah exactly uh, uh, oh, my mates, how about a cheeky Nando's <laughs> you should get a, you should get Nando's well, we
1: got Nando's when we were in DC and they fucked up our order. So I think Nando's is canceled for Chapo.
0: At least it sounds like it's canceled in America. Yeah. It sounds uh, like you just didn't order
1: it in the right place. I guess we'll have to try to get a cheeky Nando's from the source yeah. in England. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I doubt there's anybody who's listening to this who doesn't already know about this, but I'm a very, very excited to tour with Chapo, uh, starting June 3rd, um, in Glasgow, June 5th in London, June 7th in Manchester, Manchester, Manchester. I'm going to be making a monster Manchester house playlist for those shows. Ooh. And June 9th in Dublin. If you are, the, if you, by any chance you are there and listen to this show, please come, please come say hi to me. I would love to see you. Um, and you know what? Maybe I'll bring some gifts from the States to give to you uh, <laughs> of some kind that re- represent this show or something. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's my big plug. plug. Can't wait to go to Europe. Uh, Molly, Very do you have anything exciting. to plug?
0: Um, I don't know. You should f- uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel for for all kinds of bits and bobs. What's that? Uh, I, oh, I don't know if I have a custom channel or URL. Maybe
1: you could put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah. I'll put, you, I didn't even know that you were putting stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I put stuff on YouTube. Give me the channel. I'll okay. put it in the show notes. Okay. Follow Molly's YouTube channel. It'll be in the show notes. Yes. Follow me on Instagram too at At the the Molly Molly Zone. Zone. It's very good. There's a lot of good live music content there. Yeah. You guys like music. Yeah. If you're if you're this far into this episode, you you should really follow Molly on the Molly Zone. (laughs) <laughs> finally you can follow us on twitter at and intro pod or send us an email at and introducing pod at gmail.com molly you just followed up on a bunch of emails didn't you i
0: did we've been getting some absolutely sick fan mail including someone sent us their red hot chili peppers fanzine which we'll definitely have to read on a future episode Did you look through that um yeah it's great uh great great book suggestions um i think there was an offer of a uh, Tom Jones's memoir, like an autographed copy of Tom Jones's memoir, which is ours for the taking if we want it, which... Uh, oh, yeah, we should get yeah, that. Did yeah, you yeah. send them our address? Um, I'm going to. Okay, please. Yep. Because, you know, Tom Jones oh, we should certainly... Do Tom Jones. He, he beguiled Mary Wilson of the <laughs> Supremes. <laughs> he did. She was... She was uh sprung for that dick, I believe. I believe that. I believe <laughs> that in the words. Yes. Uh, in the words of Mary Wilson. <laughs> she was absolutely, absolutely sprung. Um anyways, yeah, excellent mail. Thank you for mailing.
1: Uh please continue to mail and introducing pod at gmail.com. Uh our SoundCloud is as as always at soundcloud.com slash and intro. Dash. pod. And remember oh. to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review for us too. Uh, but make sure that your review, you know, uh, goes by the classic format of verse, chorus, chorus verse, chorus, chorus maybe, maybe a solo, solo, chorus, 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 maybe, maybe an outro. outro. Five stars. Five stars. <sighs> <laughs> and That's the manual for how to review uh, podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll be back in another two weeks uh, with some country music, maybe? Y- yes, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeehaw! Summer goes into full screen swing, including an intro pod. It's the so summer of ye- yeehaw. Yeehaw! Man. We're just living in it. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're gonna get Lil Nas X on the pod. Uh, no, <laughs> we aren't. Uh, but I'm, I'm Manifest. secreting that into uh, reality. Manifest. Anyway, uh, see you again in another two weeks with another episode of and introducing. <laughs>